welcome to the Freelance Podcast. I am your host, RJ McCall. Very happy to have you listening, and if you are a regular listener, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. What's been going on for me this past week has just been a tremendous amount of client work. <laughs> Again, good problem to have, but uh, literally in the past two weeks, so 14 days, I have completed seven websites, meaning that I have developed seven websites from scratch, which uh, is quite a bit in my opinion. I think that um, I'm surprised I, I'm surprised I did it. <laughs> I, I didn't think, I thought for sure that I was going to miss some deadlines, but I didn't. So I'm very happy about that. And uh, it was certainly nice when I was able to send out the invoice for all those. And I see all my invoices waiting to be paid. What made it extra challenging for me is this past week, my wife's cousin flew in with her two or one and a half year old daughter. So having them here the past week made it a little bit challenging, had to make some changes to the daily routine, which again, I thought that it was going to push me through deadlines, but it it didn't. I was able to buckle down, find the zone as I like to call it and, uh, and knock some client work out. So I'm starting to come out the other side. I still have a pretty hefty workload in front of me, but these past two weeks, there were just a lot of deadlines that I had to meet. So happy to get through all of that. Before we get into today's show, I just want to reiterate, if you guys have any questions you'd like me to answer, whether it be on the show or off the show, anything I can do to help you out. If you're a freelancer, you got a lot of questions. How do I do this better? How do I get started in this? There's a ton of questions that you guys have, so feel free to shoot me an email, reach out on Twitter, whatever you want to do. You can uh, email me, rj at rjmccollum.com. Twitter's at rjmccollum. You can go to rjmccollum.com. Click on contact and get in touch with me that way. And also, if you are at rjmccollum.com, don't forget that I have that five-day free email course on how to become a better freelancer and up your game. So don't forget to sign up for that and hopefully get some nice little tidbits there over the course of five days. These past two weeks have been a whirlwind. I'm pretty much leaving it here. So let's hop in to this week's show. So far, the most popular episode of this podcast has been the one where I go over how to build your portfolio, essentially from scratch. If you're starting with nothing, what do you do to get work in your portfolio? Because at the end of the day, that is what potential clients want to see is what you can actually do. I was thinking about it and I thought, it's one thing to work on getting work for your portfolio, but when you really look at it, if you want to have an effective portfolio, one that is converting potential clients into paying clients, what should you include in the portfolio and what shouldn't you include in your portfolio? So that's what we're talking about today. Regardless of if you are a web designer, developer, you're an illustrator, a writer, a digital artist, or whatever you do, really the portfolio is going to be the same for everybody in terms of the structure or the skeleton of your portfolio. And depending on if you are a business, if you're projecting yourself as a business or a individual, some things will change just a little bit. But in this episode, we're going to be focusing specifically on the individual. Now, before we get started, I'm a big believer in keeping things simple. I don't need to know your life story. I I, I go to these portfolios and you hear, you know, you have to make decisions like, do I talk I or do I talk in the third person and say, you know, well, RJ was born in Escondido, California and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't need to know what high school you went to or anything like that. 
your portfolio should have the the core ideas that it should have is first of all it needs to it, it needs to be about you you need to give some sort of explanation who you are what you do potentially even why you do it now a lot of people get hung up here because writing a short little bio about ourselves you know think about your twitter profile think about your linkedin profile how much time did you spend trying to craft the the perfect witty little combination of words to really make yourself stand out and be cool right chances are you spend a lot of time on it if you're anything like me over the years i've learned to dial back on that having been somebody that hired uh, web professionals creative professionals All of that stuff, you honestly get so immune to it because it all sounds the same, and honestly, it's a bunch of BS. People lie a whole ton. So when it comes to the about section of your site, maybe it's a one, maybe you have a one page website and it's just a paragraph about you. Maybe you have a dedicated and about page about you or anything like that. Honestly, keep it to a paragraph. Keep it short and simple. Again, nobody really wants to sit there and learn your life story. And if they do, then you're probably, I guess, at a different level of internet famous than a lonely freelancer who is just starting out in their career and trying to get clients. You want it to be impactful and get the point across about what you do. In fact, while I am recording this, I'm going to read you guys what mine is here. So right now I'm pulling up rjmccollum.com. I am going to click on Get to Know Me in my little hero section. And so here's mine. Um, It's pretty much broken down into uh, kind of three little tiny sections here. One of the headings says, Who is RJ? The next one says, The Quick Version, which is bullet points. And then the last one, if they get to that point, is Why Should You Care? So uh, my first little blurb about me. It says, well, I'm a builder. It's what I like to do most. I've been building things for the web in a serious way since 2008 as a freelancer and also holding a number of positions in different companies. So that's pretty much what I do, right? So I'm a builder. That's what I do. Working on the web gives the length of time that I have been doing what I do to give some sort of context there. Very short and sweet. That is uh, three sentences, two of which are about four or five words. So the next little section says, the reason I do what I do is simple, freedom. I love what I do, and working for myself gives me control to do whatever I want, even though it can be dangerous at times. It's a cool feeling to do something you actually enjoy for a living. So I've elaborated on, okay, this is what I do, this is why I do it. Again, very brief, short context in terms of here's what I do. As far as like the details of, you know, oh, I'm from so-and-so, I put this under a section of my about page called the quick version. And these are literally bullet points. So it says, I'm in my late 20s. I'm from San Diego, California. I'm married to Amy McCollum. I have a five-year-old daughter. So for those people that maybe want to know a little bit more about me, I'm not like giving my life story. Like these are the brief points that kind of make up who I am. If they made it past this point of wanting to know about me, I've kind of gone a little bit further. And so I have a section that says, why should you care? And it reads this. I'm all about one word, execute. I've spent too much time talking about doing stuff in the past, but never actually executing on things. I changed that a couple years back and I've completed and learned more than ever before. I get really excited when I see others actually do what they say they're going to do and step out of their comfort zone. Through my posts, videos, and podcasts, I'm trying to bridge the gap from idea to execution for freelancers. 
So this is kind of like my professional mission statement. Like this is this is my goal as a professional, what I'm trying to do as a freelancer besides just do client work. You can see that while this is its own page on my website, there's not a ton of content. And in my opinion, I feel like I've broken it up in a way that is very clear and to the point of what you need to know about me. For the about section of your website, whether it be a page or a little section on your one page website, keep it short. People don't need to know all of the details. They want to know the the specifics. They want you to be concise and to the point so they can quickly get a good idea of who you are. So that takes care of the about section. So let's talk about your actual work, right? So episode two of the freelance podcast was centered around how to build your portfolio and get work in there. Now, this section is definitely going to be different depending on your skill set. If you're a writer, you're showing something different than you are if you're a web designer or even if you're a web developer. People like visuals. So even if you are a writer, I highly recommend you put some sort of image along with this project or this portfolio piece or piece of work that you have within your portfolio. Definitely have some sort of image. If you're a writer, maybe it's just the logo of the company that you did work for. If you are a web designer, that's pretty straightforward. You put a uh, image of web designs that you have done. Depending on what your skill set is, is really going to dictate kind of how this section should be laid out. And just like the about section, keep it concise, right? People are want to see what it is that you did. If you're a developer, they probably want to play, uh, you know, with websites that you've built. Or if you're looking to get hired for a job, they may want to look at code that you've written. If you're a writer, you know, you want to probably explain, you know, you don't just want to put the writing that you've done there, but you want to explain that this customer came to you with these needs through your content marketing and writing. You were able to increase sales by X percent or something like that. You, you want to give some sort of what was the benefit of that person working with you. One thing that I see people do is not really curate their portfolio. And what I mean by that is one of two things. At the beginning, you kind of want to put anything you can to make it look fuller, but some people never get out of that. Some people put every little piece of work that they've done on there. And what that is is detrimental because, again, at the end of the day, somebody coming to your website to potentially hire you for a job or see what you can do, they don't really want to look through 80 different pieces of work examples that you have. They want to probably have maybe 10 max examples of what it is that you're capable of. You should be able to put 10 pieces of work on your portfolio. If you've been doing this, you know, obviously have 10 pieces of work to put in your portfolio. Try to limit it to roughly 10 to 15 because it's not going to overwhelm the user with trying to see all these different things that you can do. And if they do request more work, you obviously have more to give. So my suggestion is the work is the main thing on your portfolio. That is going to dictate if somebody trusts you enough to take that next step with you or if they don't like what you do and don't want to work with you. So this should be the spotlight of your portfolio. So I would make sure it's somewhere prominent for people to view your work or maybe it's right there instead of a big hero image. Maybe you have your portfolio front and center so people can see it. Definitely use a visual aid, whether that be a website that you've designed or even built. Or if you're a writer, again, or illustrator, work that you've done, logos of companies that you've worked with, and don't write a novel with it, just like the About section. So the work is definitely going to be important. The next section is hit or miss for somebody. Uh, 
depending on what you do, depending on how you want to market yourself, it may make sense for you to blog. Now, if this is on your portfolio website, you need to make sure that this is everything you write should pertain to what it is that you do. If you are a freelance web developer and you are writing about the beer festival that you went to, uh, if your ideal client is you're wanting to work with breweries or you're wanting to, uh, you know, work with people that love beer restaurants or something like that, it makes sense. But, you know, I'm by no means am, am I a prude or whatever, but some people are going to look at that. They're going to see it's off topic. Why do I care if you went to a beer festival? They're making an immediate judgment. If your portfolio website is meant for you to get clients, the things that you write about on your blog need to be specific to the work that you do. It's that simple. So in, in my case, you know, I'm trying to reach out to freelancers. The podcast is one way I do that. A lot of the things that I've been writing recently on my blog are centered around people that are freelancing or working for themselves, or are a creative. So for instance, if I just go to my blog right now, rgmccollum.com slash blog, uh, my most recent articles are the need to always be doing, where I talk about some different things there related to freelancers, get comfortable, always talk about budget with potential clients early, that's a previous episode, don't let your plate get too full, why simply starting isn't enough, uh, you know, my first year as a full-time freelancer. So all of these things I'm writing about go back to what it is I'm trying to get across. I'm trying to, you know, give information to freelancers and better expand me as a web developer online. So if you have a blog, make sure that you write on it for one and make sure that it pertains to what it is that you do. Now, there's a lot of other things that you could put in your portfolio. But again, I'm highly recommending you just keep it simple. The next section and the last thing we're going to talk about is you got to have some way for people to contact you. Most of the time, this is going to be a contact form of sorts. And also along with the contact form, I see a lot of people putting links to social profiles. Real quick about the social profiles. I personally don't care if you do it or not. In my opinion, just like the blog, if you're going to be linking to your Twitter or your Facebook, you need to keep in mind that people will probably click on this and use that as a judgment either for or against you in hiring you for work. So my Twitter is not a ton of personal stuff. There is some personal stuff mixed in there, but most of it is centered around the web development and the freelancing side of what I do. I never post anything to Facebook or a link to Facebook because that's that's all personal. I don't, you know, promote my business on Facebook or anything like that. And there's no need for potential clients, you know, to friend me on Facebook or anything like that. Keep it simple and keep it relevant. On my website, in terms of social icons, I have RSS, I have Twitter, YouTube, YouTube, I do uh, videos, kind of how to, and I plan to do a little bit more videos talking about, again, things related to freelancing and web development. GitHub, because of the repos that I have, uh, and again, files back to web development, and CodePen as well for the little pins that I put together. Again, the web development side of things. So all your social icons, don't overwhelm people. Make sure that whatever you're posting there is relevant to what it is that you are trying to get hired for and that it makes sense and isn't something just so completely off topic. Now let's talk real briefly about the contact form. So contact form, great way for people to reach out to you. I like, again, you know, you're starting to sense a theme. I like to keep things simple. My contact form has four inputs, four fields that I want people to fill out. What's your name? 
Who am I talking to? What's your email? How do I contact you again? How can I help you? In which case, I want to know why you're reaching out to me. And I have three little checkboxes there. Again, keeping it simple. I want to hire you. So pretty much the people coming to my website are coming for one of three reasons. They want to hire me for a job. They want to ask me a question. So I get questions via the you know, for the podcast, freelancing in general. Uh, so I have a general question for you as an option. And then I also uh, want to have people reach out to me and, and I've gotten people to reach out to me that they want to work on a project together. So that is another option as well. And once they've given me their name, their email, told me how I can help them, then I ask them, hey, give me the details. The more information you can give me, the better, because it's not really worth my time. I don't like digging through. If you're going to take the time to reach out to me and you want to hear back from me, you need to be you know, explicit in what it is that you're wanting, not just, oh, hey, can you build me a website? Like, that's not going to do anything. You need to give me much more detail on something like that. So your contact form, keep it simple. Make sure you know who you're talking to. Make sure you have one way to get in touch with them, figure out what they want and make sure that they, you know, elaborate on that a little bit. So let's quickly recap here. So we talked about the about section, keeping it brief and not going into your life story. We talked about work, making sure that there's visual and how this is the most important aspect of your portfolio. We talked about contact section, social media links, the contact form itself. Now, you'll probably notice I did not talk at all about your skill set, right? So what you know you you see i can't tell you how many times and i'm sorry if if your website has these i'm not laughing at you um i just i honestly think it's pointless i see so many times people put and you see it in pre-made themes and stuff like that so so there's a reason that you know a lot of people do this but so many people put their skills on there if you're a web developer html css you know maybe css3 a preprocessor sas uh, you may go into domains, DNS, if you're a writer. Uh, you, you can put all these different skill sets on there, right? And they typically have some sort of gauge. Like, I'm an expert at, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, they or they'll, it'll be like, I'm 80% uh, good at HTML and 75% good at CSS. And I'm 25% good at JavaScript. Just to kind of give somebody a lay of their skill set. I think these are dumb. I'm just going to come out and say it. They're dumb and they're pointless. One, because if you're doing the little 70%, 99%, 100%, whatever, if anything is less than 100%, somebody could look at that and say, well, they're not capable. Why would I go with somebody that's only, you know, 75% comfortable using this, you know, CSS or whatever. So that's a downside there. Also, unless you're trying to get hired by a company that needs the skill set, nobody cares. Nobody gives a CRAP about what it is that you can do in terms of skill set. I can't tell you the last time my client asked me what CSS preprocessor I was using. And if they did, that'd be awesome. We could have a conversation about it. But there's no need for this. So many people lie. Having been somebody that hired creative professionals, junior web developers, so many people lie and put that stuff on their portfolio sites and resumes. And one thing I'd always do is give them a very simple little HTML CSS test. And somebody would come in and say, oh yeah, super proficient in HTML5 and CSS3. And they couldn't even do simple things like float left to right, text indent, and stuff like that. So it's dumb. Don't do it. It's pointless. 
The work is the most important thing in your portfolio. You need to put the emphasis on that part of your site. So I hope that helped. If you haven't already listened to the Build Your Portfolio episode, that's episode two. I highly recommend you go back and take a look at it. It's going to be a good primer if you don't have a ton of work to put in your portfolio yet. Then come back and re-listen to this, and hopefully that will help you round out what you should do for your portfolio because that should be your business card. That should be what drives people to say, I want to work with this person. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.